a new sales rep to sales in general is going to think, oh, that's better. They make 20 times as much. Why would I not want to go work there? I'll tell you why, because there's more to selling a product than the commission. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. Choo-choo. Next stop is Compensation Station, guys. So... <laughs> Sorry in advance. I had to get your attention. All right. We're doing something a little different this episode. It's a, it's a solo episode. We're going to be talking about compensation, all, all the intricacies of it. And so I want to make sure that you guys are paying attention on this one. All right. So compensation, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to map this out. Uh, there's a lot of different formulas that people use 15% of gross revenue. You know, 10 to 15% is typical for most sales commissions, but all products, all comp plans, all companies, all demand, all these things are not made equal. So I just want to walk through the insane amount of variables that you may have when it comes to compensation. Okay. And the first and probably the most important one that kind of determines, all right, how do I, how do I compensate my people is the difficulty of the sale in general, right? There's all these variables that go into that difficulty, but in general, what is the difficulty of the sale? The second one is lead generation, okay? And then the third one is how am I paying? Am I paying commission only, base against commission, base plus commission, right? So those are the three things that kind of move the weight of the comp plan around, right? So, and, and here's the problem. If I say I'm a, and this is talking amongst salespeople, salesperson to salesperson. If I say, hey, I'm in cable sales, I make 200 bucks a sale, right? Then the, the solar jackass comes down the street and says, hey, I'm in solar. You know, I'm a solar bro. Let's go. I make five grand a sale. Okay, well, a new sales rep to sales in general is going to think, oh, that's better. They make 20 times as much. Why would I not want to go work there? I'll tell you why, because there's more to selling a product than the commission, okay? And so when we talk about compensation, we want to look at all these variables, right? And the, like I said, the first one is the difficulty of the sale. The sub section of that is the sales cycle, okay? So the first thing you got to realize about solar versus like a cable sale, right? Is solar takes about, and I, I know I'm gonna get a bunch of pushback on this, but it takes about six to eight weeks to install on average, right? So let's be, let's be conservative and let's say eight weeks, right? All right, so whereas cable can get installed the next day or in three days. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I just want you to have all the variables. This is the sales cycle. Some sales can be installed and paid within a week. Other sales take six to eight weeks, maybe even eight to 10 weeks, depending on pay cycles. So 
these are all factors that have to be played into. All right. Is this the best product for me or do I need something that's going to give me money now quick and consistent, right? A solar sale is a lot harder than a cable sale in the sense of, you know, you're going to, you know, let's say it's door knocking, you're going to knock a door, you're going to set an appointment, you're going to close the customer, and then you're going to have to manage that, do account management for the, until it's installed. And even after it's installed, it is such a high ticket item that you're on the hook if you have any kind of fucking ethics, which granted a lot of you don't, you know, so you're not going to answer that customer's phone call after that, but it is what it is anyway. So that's a lot more difficult of a, a sales process than selling cable, them installing the next day and then them calling the 1-800 number if they have any issues after that. Right. So another thing that we have to look at is the cost of the product, right? And I'll, and I'll keep using solar and cable because those are two different extremes, right? The cost of a solar system, you know, 50 to 80 grand. The cost of our, you know, let's go lower, 40 to 80 grand. The cost of cable, 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, whatever the case is, right? So the difficulty at which the decision is made should also determine the compensation. You know, so obviously solar is higher pain. It's a lot more difficult to sell, longer sales cycle. That makes a lot of sense to me. And this is how I look at comp plans. I want to look at them objectively, not just based on numbers alone. If I looked at numbers alone, then I would probably overpay on a lot of compensation, right? All right, so what about the demand of the products? All right, so you could argue right now, cable is in less than demand than solar because of streaming services, right? And so when we look at like AT&T, U-verse, DirecTV, Ronde, Time Warner, all these different companies, right? Um, they're losing market share by the millions on a daily basis to streaming, right? Uh, now you got um, AT&T streaming server or DirecTV stream. And so they're adapting, whatever the case is. But the point is, if I'm selling cable out in the marketplace right now, my product is not in high demand. I'm selling to a niche customer that still wants cable, right? Versus solar, you know, everybody... You know, everybody that's a homeowner qualifies and every homeowner that wants to save money has a need for the service, right? And so that opens up my demand of the product, right? And then, and then the commonality of the product. So if it's a product that everybody has or needs like cable was 10 years ago, then that's a, that's a very common product. And so, so the question is, do people already have it? And then can I just switch them to my product? You know what I'm saying? Versus having to introduce a new product into their lifestyle and convincing them that it's going to make their lifestyle better. That, all those things, the sales cycle, the cost of the product, the demand of the product, and then the commonality of the product all go into the difficulty of the sale. You know, so this, too many times we look at product, product, and all we look at is the commission instead of looking at, okay, but, you know, Sure, you can make 100, 200, 300, 400 grand in solar, but how many guys are actually fucking doing it, right? And then I have this other product that's very common, and forget cable, maybe it's a different product, right? Uh, water filter, oh, no, that's not a good one. What's a good one? Roofing. Roofing's a great one, right? Because a storm hits, and then all of a sudden you got 5,000 brand new customers, right? So roofing is a more common sale than solar, right? Because uh, solar is only going to be sold once every 25 years on one home versus roofing, 
you could replace it once every five years because of storms and stuff like that, right? And so um, it's a more common sale and probably an easier sale because a lot of times it's tied to insurance. I'm not having to come out of pocket, you know what I'm saying? And so when I'm making a decision as a salesperson on what I want to sell, that's that needs to factor in, all right? In, in reverse, uh, I know because it is a more difficult sale, solar should make more than roofs, right? And uh, because I have the competition of a higher commission product, I need to make roofing look sexier than solar, right? So let's get into the prospect piece of it, right? So depending on the opportunity that you have, you know, everybody can sell everything every which way, right? But the question is, what is your business model and how are you guys selling, right? Mine was primarily door-to-door. So if I have a door-to-door business model, then the people I have coming in, I want them to sell door-to-door. And if I want them to sell door-to-door, well, that has a certain, that has a certain mystique to it. I don't know how to say it. That has a certain negative connotation to it, right? And so I know that I better show them money and fast, and I better show them opportunity and fast, or else they're not going to stick around for long because nobody likes knocking doors out in the heat all day. Even the people that say they live for knocking doors, whatever. <laughs> it's not something anybody wants to do as a career for long, long term. You know what I'm saying? Training people to do it, uh, recruiting people to do it, building out companies that do it, 100%. You know, that is building a business. Um, so because I know that the prospect medium in which I get these sales is higher stress, maybe higher difficulty than most right? It's an impulse sale versus a inbound sale. It's an outbound sale versus an inbound sale. Then, then that raises the compensation level on this thing. So, okay. If I'm telemarketing, you know what I mean? If I'm doing social media, if the only way I can get myself is networking, all right, that raises the difficulty that raises the compensation that raises the sales cycle that, decreases the demand and commonality because I'm having to go to these events in order to make the sales, right? And so the difficulty of sale factors into all of that. And then the product itself, does the product charge back a lot? That's got to be a factor that you throw in there. And then based on your chargeback average is how you're going to maybe withhold some of the commission, you know? So that has to go into the comp plan. They need to understand that, hey, 20% of my commissions are going to get held up to five grand or like in, in solar it'd be closer to 10 grand uh, in case my customer cancels or whatever the case is, right? All different programs have different chargebacks, but that is an important thing to factor in here. And when you look at, you know, competing against uh, recruiting, you know, from your company, that's that's an important factor to look at. I really want to break down all the variables that I'm talking about here when I'm doing one of three things, when I'm looking for a sales position, when I'm recruiting for a sales position, and then when somebody is trying to recruit my salespeople or I'm trying to prevent the recruitment of my salespeople, right? All sales programs are not made equal. You can't just compare them side to side. You got to look at all these things that we're walking through, right? So there's, okay, how high is the chargeback rate? And then if I can, because there's nothing worse as a salesperson than getting uh commission taken out of your check every week to hold to the side right and so and 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 hoping that that company's going to pay you back 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and I've been in the company's shoes. Sometimes it's hard to come up with that cash to pay back because it's part of your cash flow, right? And so all that being said, if you can build in the chargeback, right? If you have an average chargeback rate, you may take a loss on some sales, you may make a profit on some sales, but the average is the average is the average. So just build it into your comp plan so you don't have to have a chargeback. Does that make sense? Okay, so now here's where it gets interesting and in that that weight starts to tilt in the favor of the company in terms of compensation, right? So when you are generating your own leads and the salesperson is basically taking orders, well, no longer are we in a true sales position, right? Now we're in an order taking position. Now we're in a conversion position to where it's all about converting these customers coming in. Now we're in a, um, yes, it's sales, but it's, it's the back end of sales. It's the mid range of sales, right? We're not creating the lead. We're just processing the lead or converting the lead and then closing the lead. You know what I'm saying? And so, if I'm providing the leads, then that commission goes down. If my sales rep is bringing in the leads, that commission goes up. Now, an easy hack for you guys to do is if they're a hybrid model, which is, you know, I go out, I hunt, I get my leads, but also you throw me a bone every now and then too. Well, then I get paid differently on the ones you throw me because there's a customer acquisition cost to that, right? So if normally I have, you know, maybe 60, 70% company provided leads, there is a customer acquisition cost to that company provided lead. And so whenever my salespeople bring in a self-gen lead, a referral lead, whatever the case is, then I can just use that, that uh, company or customer acquisition cost, and I can give that to the salesperson, right? If I know that that's my cost of bringing in a new customer and I can scale that cost, well, then I can do the same thing with the, the self-gen by motivating my salespeople and paying them more per customer because they're bringing in the lead themselves. Now, hopefully you have that in your model. If you don't, then you obviously can't do that. Okay, so whether it's self-gen or company leads, the volume of leads is incredibly important. You know, so I've been seeing a lot of positions lately from my clients that they're bringing in all the leads. All the salesperson has to do is convert the leads. And sometimes it's a really order-taking situation. And even the account management is done by an operations team or a bike office team or a VA team. So in those type of situations, that is a, that should be a high salary, low commission position, right? Because all they're doing is answering the phone, converting the customer. And yes, there is some skill in that, right? You, depending on the product and all the things we just went through, you know, I, but I, I don't see it as a six figure position, at least not year one, you know, long-term as it can handle more, Whereas they're managing people that are converting those calls, yes. But I don't see it as a six-figure position year one. Now, if they are going out and hunting and uh, closing that sale, and even if they are handing it off at that point, I see that as a six-figure position, right? But you got to remember, typically when we have all those leads coming in, it's not organic, it's paid, and there's a, there's a huge customer acquisition cost. So that salesperson in that conversion role, you know, it's just not a six-figure position in my mind. So keep that in mind. If you're an order taker, it's typically not a six-figure position, right? Now, obviously, the conversion, the sales cycle of that conversion is incredibly important. If it takes 30 days to convert one customer because you got to go through their books or you got to go through their model or you got to meet them three or four times, you know, um, home building is a good example, 
I have a client that is a home builder and that sales cycle is anywhere from 30 to 60 days. So that should be a six figure position, 100% because you're managing client expectations. You're pushing them through the process. You know what I'm saying? You're responsible for that. So until the actual build starts, right? So that's 100% a six figure position. But if I'm in a call center, I'm selling a, you know, software as a service type product and all the leads are provided by the company and all I do is close them and then account management takes over from there, then that doesn't necessarily have to be a six figure position when you're putting together your comp plan. All right. So that is the difficulty of the sale. That is the lead generation of that sale, right? And so as, as you guys can see, as difficulty goes up, commissions should go up. As the lead gen becomes um, easier, the commission should go down, right? And so these are these little throttles that you want to look at in your compensation plan and make sure that, you know, you're accounting for each, each of them. The last piece is the actual um, salary, right? So am I getting, uh, is it commission only, right? And so what typically happens here is if you want a younger demographic that's willing to take that risk, that doesn't have a family to feed, you'll go commission only. But you better make sure that the product is, is easy for a younger demographic to sell, like cable we were talking about earlier, like solar, right? The younger demographic will take that risk and will follow a training process and then add their own spice to it and make a bunch of money. And they're okay with doing that and it being commission only because they're risk adverse, right? So somebody that's maybe in their 30s or their 40s has a family to support, has kids to put through college, you know, they're going to want some kind of guarantee if they have the experience and the uh, resume to back it up, you know? And so if they do, they probably want something like a fifty to $75,000 salary plus commission, right? And then somebody that is in a management role, right, is going to be salary heavy. So we already know going in, there is a body of work that can, that has margin built into it that can pay a manager. So going in, they're probably going to have a, uh, you know, a, a base, I guess you could say against commission, which is like, you know, my VP of sales at, at one point had a, a 3000 a week base against commission. So that's, uh, you know, like 180, 156 uh, base salary. And so that was his base against commission, but he typically always made over that. You know what I'm saying? Now, sometimes you can offer the position and the override commission alone or the um, their, their, their piece of the commission of each of the sale is enough to entice them and say, hey, this is what we do. We've been doing it the past two years consistently. Month in and month out, we do 100, 100 grand a month. Your commission of that is 10%. You, you know you're making 10 grand a month. That's 120 a year. Yeah, I'll take a commission-only position if I know that my sales team is already producing that and it's just my job to grow it at that point, right? And so there's all of these different variables that you have to look at when creating the comp plan. Uh, there's just two major things you need to do, though. You need to be able to show them what their weekly pay would look like and the scenario of products they sell in order to get there, right? And you always want that to be in a six-figure range, depending on the position, all the variables we just went through. And then the, the second piece is you want to show them six figures. So, okay, if I do this on a weekly basis, what does that look like over a year? All right, if I have some type of residual that I'm accumulating, 
then what does it look like in year two, year three, year four? You know, what is the actual scope of the compensation that I have in front of me over a period of time? And it's typically a year. And if you have a sales position right now that's commission only and it doesn't have six-figure potential, that's not a very coveted position in the marketplace, right? If you've got a 50K salary plus maybe they can do like 20 or 30 in bonuses over a year, that's a somewhat coveted position in the marketplace, you know? And so all those variables being said, that's what I want you to consider when looking at compensation. Now, again, as the difficulty of the sale goes up, the commission of that sale should go up. As the lead gen, as the um, company lead gen of that sale, of those sales goes up in percentage that come from the company, then the commission should go down, right? Because now there is no hunting process in, in more of the sales. So it makes it easier for me to sell. And then as um, my salary goes up, my commission should go down. Because now the business owner is taking all the risk. And then uh, as the salary goes down, my commission should go up. And so the business owner has to invest early in that person because they went out and they brought the business. And so they may not make their money back on that customer for three or four months, five months, a year, who knows? I remember AT&T used to have a stat that you used to love to tell us all the time. We don't, say, we don't start making money on the customers you bring us until 18 months, I think was the first stat. And then it was like 2.2 years. And so if they lost that customer before 2.2 years, they lost money on it. But here's the beautiful thing about AT&T is they have 17 different products that can sell you along the way. So as long as they get one more of those products, they're in good shape. And it turns out that cell phones was the highest producing revenue engine that they have. So I think it worked out for them long-term, even if that customer canceled in six months, right? All right, guys. So that's kind of all the variables in a nutshell that you can walk through when looking at compensation. Um, if you guys are interested in getting templates for this, as well as the rest of a, a solid sales program, you know, that's built around CODOC compensation, opportunity, development, operations, and culture, then I would implore you to join the Brickyard community. And um, you can go to my Facebook page, my Instagram, and the link is on there. You can check out everything that it comes with. And basically what I'm trying to do is create a community of people that are building sales teams that can support each other in that growth. We can meet once a week on a call and you can get, uh, you can get advice from the experts like me and then the rest of the experts in that group we have people that are specific to certain things, you know, direct sales, follow-up, culture, um, CRMs, you know. And so all these things around building sales teams, I've, I've handpicked some experts in those things that are going to contribute to the group and provide value where they can. And we'd love you guys to be a part of that if that's something that you're interested in. Like I said, um, just go to my Facebook and there will be links in the show notes as well. As always, guys. Let's get building, and I hope you'll have a run wonderful rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. We really do appreciate it. As you know, we believe that great leaders build great teams. How do you become a great leader? You learn from the greats. 
join us at the Million Dollar Mastermind put on by Ryan Stuman in Frisco, Texas, and learn everything that you need to learn to be that great leader. The link will be in the description below. As always, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so you can stay up to date with the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Let's get building.